Golden Ink Tattoo. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard, Portsmouth, Virginia, for all your nerd-related tattoos. Leading the area, that is Miss Denise and her team. If you call over there and you mention leveling up banks, you get 10% off your tattoo. That number is going to be 757-465-1010. Call them today. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Rebellious D and Trav. How you fellas doing today? Hey, just just chipper. Just hey, we're, chipper we're, today. We're good to go, good sir. <laughs> hey, hey, Punch rap style, baby. Punch <laughs> rap. Yeah, man. Hey, it's another new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Thank you, everybody that has been listening to us. And uh, thank you for helping us continuously grow because we have been growing since the start of this year. Like I said on Facebook, we was going to make it pop for you guys. And we appreciate you supporting us. Thank you to all of our new listeners that are constantly listening to us and listening to our old episodes. We appreciate it. So on today's episode, we have a very special guest. It is actress and director, Breanne Davis. Um, You might know Breanne. She was in the horror film Prom Night. And we found out that she was on Dawson's Creek. If you remember that show from the 90s, then you're awesome. So let's go ahead and give her a call. But before we give her a call, here's a word from our sponsors. Have you ever gone to a store and you wanted to get some nerd decor to decorate your home, but you couldn't find it? Maybe a Dragon Ball Z photo on the wall or a My Hair Academia pot to put your flowers in. Well, I have some good news. This is Benjamin Banks from the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast, and I love to tell you about Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T. Tiny T, she specializes in creating nerd decor, paintings, floor arrangements, and seasonal nerd decor for the holiday season. You can check out all of her products on the links that we provide at the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks page. And if you use the code Leveling Up, you will get 10% off. So go ahead and head over to her website and use that 10% off code and decorate your home with any type of nerd decor that you would love to put in there. You can find her on Etsy.com slash shop slash nerdy crafts by Tiny T. And again, like I said, make sure that you use that code leveling up so that way you can get 10% off of your items. Go ahead and start decorating at home. Peace. Hello. Hey, hey how you doing? Hey. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? How are you? Perfect. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's Sunday morning. Right the birds are outside chirping and it's kind of cold here, but hey, it's still Sunday morning. It's going good here. Oh, yeah. oh good. Where are you? We are in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, cool. Love it. Well, I'm so glad. Thank you for rescheduling the couple of times. It's been crazy over here. So I really appreciate you guys doing this on Sunday. Oh, no, thank oh, you yeah, for no coming worries. on. Hey, yeah, we thanks appreciate a lot. you joining us. Thank you. Um, how long do you guys usually record just so I can let my husband know and my son? Uh, probably a good 40 minutes. I was about to say, we try to go like only 40 minutes or so, but okay. sometimes you get so wrapped up in yeah, the conversation, the conversation. Snowballing. So, yeah. Okay. Let me just tell him and then we can get started whenever. Okay. I'll two seconds. Okay, cool. Let me just... I like her little setup. I know. Right? It's like a reading <laughs> corner. Oh, she yep. can still hear me. <laughs> <laughs> it's um going to be like 40 minutes. They said, okay, cool. Yes, I can still hear you. My earpiece is in. 
What if you guys said something bad about me and I just heard? Yeah, it? no. Oh, like, I almost I did. Like that that couch color is so ugly. <laughs> I know. Oh, that room is so gross. <laughs> so, Brianne, before we dive deep into the interview portion and just ask you questions, tell everybody your origin story. Who is Brianne Davis? Oh my God, that's like the million dollar question. That took mm-hmm. me. How many years to figure out who I am? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I still ain't figured out for me. So. Right? <laughs> exactly. You're like, who am I? Am I still mm-hmm. like a toddler running around in this adult body? But so it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, I feel like we're all kids at heart. That's why I think we're all like running around just wanting to be loved. Love me. Make me feel like I'm enough. But I am Brianne Davis. I'm an actress for 20 years. I've been on tons of shows i'm one of those actors you're like i've seen you before but i don't know what you're from but i'm on lucifer right now casual on hulu uh six on the history channel and now on hulu jarhead synchronicity prom night to name a few and every other show you can imagine i uh, just wrote a book called secret life of a hollywood sex and love act coming out as a sex and love addict in hollywood i'm 11 years into recovery and i have a podcast called secret life where People call in and tell me their secrets and their shame, and I allow them to reveal it anonymous or well-known. So, yeah, I'm so happy to be here. That is so cool. I love the anonymous. What? Who was the lady that would write in the newspaper thing for? Uh, but it was she was anonymous. Um, to write in what newspaper? Like yeah, one of my. I was. There was I a famous you were about the Steve Harvey no, show, man. No, there was like a famous anonymous. Lady. Oh, was it like? Judy, her name was what? Dear Abby? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. There it is. Okay. Dear Abby. Where people like just the get new stuff off Dear their Abby. chest. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I'm like that. the this generation. Yeah, the Dear digital. Abby. The digital yeah. Abby. <laughs> right. I love it. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to have to steal yeah. that from you. Hey, it's all yours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Brienne, the first time I had seen you on screen was in the movie Prom Night. Um, mm. I want to say this was back in 2008. Uh, mm-hmm. when I had just graduated high school back in 07. So I feel like this was a really interesting movie to see because we all have crazy prom night stories. Um, you know, I do not. Hopefully, hopefully none of them involved somebody trying to murder people. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Jonathan Shaq going around trying to murder your yes. prom date. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, it was in- interesting, you know, seeing you in that movie. You played... Uh, the prom, the prom committee queen, who was yeah. pretty much running everything. Um, but your first acting role that I looked up, it was in Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> I want to just let you know. I mean, I don't really recall you in it or anything specifically. I don't want to pretend like you know. That's I remember. Okay. But yeah, we keep I it real what, up here. We, I grew up with my family watching that. You know those new episodes and that theme song. Do, 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 do. it's iconic man <laughs> yeah no i came in the last season playing uh i think it was like hot assistant i think her name was <laughs> ashley that was her name and i was like really do you have to have hot assistant can it can just be like ashley oh, so uh-huh. when i put it in and like when it came in on imdb it said hot assistant then Ashley or whatever, and I took off the hot assistant, and then they put it back on. Oh my god! Wikipedia, totally. But yeah, I loved that was my first role, and that's when I realized I wanted to be an actor. I loved becoming other people and putting on, you know, makeup and costumes and being someone else. 
How so old what, were you, if you don't mind me asking? Sorry, Banks. All right, go ahead. You know, How around old that was time. I? I, I don't want to age any of us, but you know, I yeah, was you're, prob- you're not supposed to ask a woman her age, Trav. Yeah. I was just saying, in any context. I, I mean, you already said when we graduated, so I mean, you already, yeah, but, you, hey, guys, well, you already put, a, you already put though, me on blast, sir. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I can't recall exactly what age, but I was about to graduate high school, or mm. yeah, I was still living in Atlanta, mm. driving up to Wilmington to audition. It was mm. before self tapes. So it was like driving there six hours, going to the audition, wow. driving home. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have enough money to get like a motel or I was too young. And my yeah. dad went with me. So, yeah, it was a long time ago. It was the olden days. So what there you're saying. Cell so you're Ooh, saying geez. they actually hired teenagers to play teenagers and not 30 year olds to play teenagers. Well, yeah, at that time they were in the character was in college, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. I, I played a little bit older nice. than I was. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, what was it that made you want to get into acting? Well, I was always very shy. So growing up, I, you know, didn't talk to strangers. I just got nervous around people. People make me very, very nervous. Still to this day, they I do. I, <laughs> no, I find myself like I, I compare in my book, women to, are like myself to a cat. Like I like attack someone like a cat before I get to know them because mm. they make, people make me nervous and you never know mm. what they're thinking. So exactly. yeah, people yeah, are judgmental. So, so yeah, I, yeah. I totally so I just grew up like that, and I was in my shell, and I had a learning disability. I had ADHD, and I'm dyslexic. But when I started acting, it allowed me to be somebody else. So Mm -hmm. I put on this persona and I could be someone else and feel and act a certain way, like playing Chrissy Lynn on prom night, like to get to say those lines, those bitchy lines and it not be me is so fun. Right. So I just really just like it opens my shell and it also helped with my learning disability, you know, memorizing lines, practicing, Mm -hmm. reading all the time, reading scripts really fast, making decisions really quickly. So I just think it was that what I needed to, you know, open myself up. A great coping mechanism. I mean, <laughs> totally. And appara- yeah, and apparently you're really good at it. So. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> yep. No worries. So, um, you know, something I wanted to piggyback off of when you had brought up uh, your role as Chrissy, um, mm-hmm. and being able to say certain lines that made you come off as not a nice person. Um, we've had <laughs> act- we've had actors and voice actors up here before, and there have been times where it's like the character who they portrayed, um, they got backlash because of something that they did on screen or, uh, you know, something that they did while voice acting. Has there ever been a time where there's been a character that you've portrayed and like you've either gotten backlash or you've gotten love? Like, do you have any stories like that? Well, everybody really loves Lena Graves on Six. You know, they loved her the first season because she was so sweet. But at the end, we I broke up with, Bear, Barry Sloan that played my husband. And then I got a backlash from that being like, oh, mm. she's just put. Uh-huh. So I, I felt like in, in every interview, I was like justifying her action. <laughs> and then the other one I get a lot of backlash in is Murder in the First. I played with Tom Felton, Harry Potter. And the Harry Potter people are like, <laughs> they either love me or hate me. <laughs> and I get, I still get tons and tons of messages because we have a kissing scene and then he like kills me. Yeah. And there's like all this backlash from that, that character too. Wow. So silly. It's like, I'm an actor. I'm not like really, Tom <laughs> Felton and I were not together. Like, 
calm down. <laughs> well, it's crazy yeah, it's too because people love Tom now, but like when we were kids, we hated Draco Malfoy. Oh my God, they're obsessed with them. Yeah, now, and, you know, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, and they asked me like, how was his theme? How, can you na- rate him one to a hundred? Like I get these questions probably so every day, like Dang. 20 of them, 20 of them a day still. Good Lord. Right, so yeah. so how was it like kissing? Um, no, I'm, I'm just <laughs> oh my God. That's like, such a weird question to ask somebody. I yeah. And then they're like, isn't your husband angry? Isn't he mad? How can you be? And I'm like, uh, it was a job and I was paid for it. What are you exactly. talking about? Yeah. You're just, you're I can't asking. believe people actually ask you that. Oh my God. Well, I, I can literally pick up my phone and <laughs> show mean... you just today how many of you got asked that. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. But I love them. They are like the right. best fans in the world. If they love you, they're like, right. they like have your back. Yeah. But the ones that, you know, want to marry Tom and stuff, just come after me. Like nobody's business. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so um, I wanted to touch on Lucifer uh, mm-hmm. because I saw that that was like one of the most recent shows that you had become a part of. Mm-hmm. And I recently, like I'm only on the first season, so I haven't gotten that far to see your character yet, but how do you feel about being on a show such as Lucifer where, you know, it started off big and then it ended up getting canceled and then it got revived on Netflix. Like, how do you feel being a part of that family now? Oh my God. It's the best family ever. Honestly, working on that series, it's just like the love everybody has for it and working on it. And everybody's so happy and grateful. And the character detective dancer was, she's like four people in one. So it was just really fun. Every scene I got to become somebody else. So I'm so grateful for that show. It's an amazing show. Yeah, something like Lucifer with a fandom like that. Yeah, it does. You know, it's pretty, you know, the fans can get real. I know when it was canceled, there was, you know, some serious, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uproar, thank you. Some serious uproar about it. Yeah. Because it was left on such a, you know, that it wasn't supposed to end this way. And then, you know, for Netflix, the Netflix always like becomes the hero. You know, or at least they, they either do that or they cancel yeah. or they <laughs> cancel after one season. You're either like one or the other. So I feel like they'll cancel their shows after one season, but they oh, always yeah. like to play the hero and pick up, you know, some other, other networks mm-hmm. show. Totally. Yeah. Be like, we're yeah, not the Hey, not that much of it's trash, right? Yeah, because yeah, uh, something similar had happened with Brooklyn Nine Nine, where right. it yeah, canceled yep. and then NBC right. swooped in and saved it. So right. I feel like it's it's always good when a network it uh it sees the response that a show gets when it gets canceled or right. it ends on a cliffhanger and people want to see more and yeah. you know the network swoops in and saves it like there's so many shows that ended on cliffhangers that you know we either grew up watching or uh you know like they probably just had one season it could have came out last year and then it ended up getting canceled but the show was really good but because yeah. they didn't have uh, like let's say for a cartoon for example uh, because the toy sales were low the show didn't get renewed for another season I don't know right. how it is for um, you know like live action shows when like is it is it the ratings or like why a show gets views. canceled because sometimes it can have high ratings right. and it can still get canceled well it just really means on like the budget and how much they spend on it how much the advertisers are paying for those time slots really it's all about the advertisers if the advertisers aren't willing to pay for it then the show will get canceled it's right. not honestly when i think about my job i am just 
pushing product. Like the shows are just pushing the commercials, pushing products. So we're just part of, you know, the commerce too, but you know, we do it in a creative way. And that's so, so, I don't know. That gets my mind kind of going where it's like, everything's this machine. And it's like, it's this machine trying to sell a product and they sell that product. And then we get product placements too, like on six, on our show there, we had like a tequila and we had some other, I can't remember. It was, I think it was one of the guys, um, equipment, mm-hmm. they were products placed in our show to right. then get people to buy that product. Mm. And it works though. Yeah. For it real, does yeah. work oh, because yeah. it's it like under the radar. You don't feel like you're watching a commercial. And I, we always used to, whoever had to say the line saying the product was like the loser. <laughs> like somebody, <laughs> Ed, Edwin Hodge had to say the tequila line and he was so like, Oh, but it was so funny. <laughs> so, um, well, go ahead. Raph. No, I was just going to say, well, cause it's just hard. I've never looked at a show like, to try and sell me something. And mm-hmm. obviously I would assume no actor, actress or whatever goes into doing the show to sell something. But oh no, we you hate the guys it. on the board, just like, yeah. you know, moving well, I mean, the years. At some capacity, I would imagine it's something like a partnership. Hey, you help us advertise and it goes into the budget for, you know, the show, right. Or the project. Yeah. No, the, pro- the product gives money to the budget of the show. Exactly. Um, so for example, if you watch a uh, world war Z, right. Mm-hmm. With yeah. Brad Pitt, there's that scene where he hits the, the Pepsi machine and the Pepsi's all right, fall yeah, yeah. out mm-hmm. to get the zombies <laughs> to come. Yeah. But if you watch it now on FX, it's always on FX. They blurred the Pepsi. Really? logo so now there's no pepsi logo but you can still tell it's pepsi yeah. but because they didn't want to pay for that product placement mm. during the the it replaying right. so they took it out so that's neat yeah, yeah that's how I, I, you know <laughs> i'm gonna start paying attention to cuts like that yeah Sorry. Me too. go ahead banks yeah <laughs> no no i was <laughs> just gonna say it's you know it's funny that you say that brand because i remember when i was younger and on Disney Channel, they were showing a commercial for National Treasure or like a behind the scenes commercial. And mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage, he had a bottle of Aquafina, but mm-hmm. on Disney Channel, it was blurred out. But in the movie, it wasn't blurred out. And yeah, because they like didn't want to pay said, for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't pay for it. That's crazy. Um, so you but- should look at every movie on TV and see what's blurred out because that that company paid the, bu- oh, some yeah. of the budget. Oh, I will. That's crazy. It's like so, a new game. It's like a drinking <laughs> yeah. game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Buy the products like, that paid for the movie. Uh, that's it. I, yeah, I wonder, like, has it always been like that? I, I mean, guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's something that I've never noticed, you know? You know what I mean, I'm, besides that. You know what I love that Nickelodeon would do for the kids shows? They would create their own product based off another product. Yeah. Like, yeah. They never, they never had the, the Apple product. They had Pear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was yeah like but that's just like... Well, and you can't say certain names. Like right. I had a, I had dialogue where I had to say Band-Aid or something or Jello, like Jello mm-hmm. shots. Oh, let's do some Jello shots on American Virgin, and I couldn't say Jello, so I had to say gelatin shots. And who <laughs> so says that? You got to make. I know, and I was like, really, I have to say it. So wow. sometimes you have you have this dialogue where you're like, I can't say I I need a Band-Aid because Band-Aid is the name of a company, and they're not mm-hmm. paying for it, and you can't use it. So. Yeah, it's really technical. And sometimes as an actor, you get stuck saying like the worst lines ever that you have to make work. So yeah. literally I, in that American Virgin, I'm like, everybody, let's do some gelatine shots. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's what I had to say. And I was like, 
And there's supposed to be like loud music in this party scene. And I have to scream it even though nobody, there's no music. Right. It was, mm. it's just like the most awkward thing to do sometimes yeah, as an actor. Yeah. Well, um, something else that I wanted to ask, because, you know, Lucifer, it is a comic book show. Like, mm-hmm. are you into like the whole comic movie um, phase that's going on right now? No, I'm so not. I I just never, and I'm just honest, like mm-hmm. I'm not a superhero comic book kind of person. I've just never been into it. I'm not into video games or anything like that. I, I'm, But I would love to play them. Who's ever casting? I'm yeah, still castable. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll get you in touch. We know something. Okay. Okay, good. I like that, Trav. Hey, well, this, I mean, this is cool because like we're, we're a nerd podcast and I love it. And a lot of people in nerd culture, they listen. So it's just like, they might, they might say, Hey, somebody might be listening. Like Trav said, they'll reach out to you. You never know who's yeah. listening. I know. know. I love playing animation and all that stuff. I, you know, I just have a toddler and I'm writing and acting. So I don't have time to do other, I haven't seen a movie you guys in so long. I can't even tell you. Hmm. So I, I still love acting all the time and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I'm like giving my resume. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Miss Brianne, I wanted to ask yeah. you a question. Was there ever a role that where it was hard for you to get into, into character, or? Huh, that's just a good kinda, question. Uh-huh. Do you ever just um, take them and own them? You know what? For me, I just assume the position of whatever the character is yep. going through so I've never I've never had a character where I'm like I don't know how to become this yeah. character okay. um I've gotten parts given to me at, before like auditioning like mm-hmm. I got offered parts so sometimes when I go and shoot those movies that are offered I don't know exactly what the director or producers are thinking so it's always good for me to have a conversation with them like do you see yeah. the character this way or this way but no really I just make a strong choice and I just go for, you know, broke whenever I'm trying to play a character. But I would say the Lucifer character was the one where I had to like laser focus because she had to be funny and she had to be real. And then she had to be all these different characters. So I had to like bounce very quickly from, you know, line to line being different people. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, And thanks. If you don't mind, I just want to interject real quick. Um, so we've gotten kind of like some behind the scenes stuff before from talking to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Banks or D, jar my memory real quick. What's the name of the guy that played Spawn? And he was also in Batman. Michael Jaw White. Okay, Michael Jaw White. So I've seen things before where Michael Jaw White was talking about Heath Ledger when he played Joker. And like Mm -hmm. sometimes, even though you see them in the same scene, that doesn't mean that they shot the scenes together. But he talks about how Heath Ledger came in for those scenes, sat in makeup, did all these things that he didn't have to do just to get the scene right for everybody. Um, When you're doing stuff like Jarhead, some of the bigger stuff, Prom Night, and you got like a pretty good cast of like stars, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. is what... Were some were they there? Did you never even meet them? I mean, no. I mean, anytime you get with someone that's been in the business a long time, they're very helpful to the other actor. Like some of my stuff that was cut out for Jarhead, Jake mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal was actually off camera, like doing. We were doing this uh, calls and stuff with each other off right. camera. So I came in for him when we had calls. 
and sat, you know, in a room with calling him. So no, I didn't, uh, I've only had one situation where someone didn't really want to say the lines off screen and they just left. And then it was like an AD, AD saying the lines. Mm -hmm. So that's only happened to me once, but I, actors are pretty respectful of other actors. Like we want it to be the best it can be. We don't want to put something out that's crappy, you know? But the reality is Jake didn't have to do that. He did it he for the love of to. doing it. Right. Gotcha. Well, and I think if your director asked you to do it, Sam Mendes is pretty serious about his movie. So right. I'm sure he was like, you need to come and do this. But gotcha. I think he would do it anyways. Right. Yeah. Because you never know what kind of personalities that oh, you're going to get, no. you know. Usually I say the people you think are the meanest people are like the nicest people. That's what we hear. And the people... It- yeah. yeah, the we, people you think are like America's sweetheart, the most kind people are like monsters. Yeah. That would be mm. how I would I would um, I've heard so many stories. Oh, so yeah. many stories about people that notoriously play a bad guy, but and the reality the nice is they're just so nice. Everybody yeah, loves yeah. them. Yep. Like Draco. <laughs> like Draco. Yep. <laughs> just yep. like Tom Felton. <laughs> yep. He is. Tom is very sweet. He's very funny and very, very easy to act to work with mm-hmm. yeah. it's your boy trav from leveling up with benjamin banks and we have a very special sponsor this week professional wrestler motivational speaker workout enthusiast and a soldier to these here united states dewan o'neill has released his very first book dear dominic which is an open letter to his son to provide a roadmap to life paired with advice to navigate obstacles to thrive as a minority male in the United States. You can order your copy today on Amazon by searching up Dear Dominic. So I wanted to, you know, kind of snowball into you becoming a director because you Mm -hmm. had mentioned it. And two of the projects that you had directed was Psychophonia and The Night Visitor. What Mm -hmm. was the path that led you to want to get into directing? And how was it directing these two films? Well, that's the thing. I never wanted to be a director. And what happened was I was in The Night Visitor and The Night Visitor 2 was casting and I had a small little scene in it and the producers were like looking for a director and I was talking to them and all of a sudden, I'm not joking, it was like something out of the universe like went through (laughs) my body and was like, why don't I direct it? Right. Like I was like, where did that just come from? You set yourself said, up is what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah. I started like being the reasons why I should direct. I know the characters. I know how you guys work. I blah, 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 blah. Like I started listing them and they trusted me. And when I started directing that, it was a found footage movie. So it wasn't like I had to get a mount, massive amounts of coverage in six days because it was only shot in six days. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Like, Everything I've ever worked on through acting, through being a control freak to, you know, like everything I work on was put into that movie. And then when I got Psychophonia, I got to cast who I wanted. I got to like find the location, the craft service. Like I love the whole movie business. I love how it's like a team effort and it's a family and Mm -hmm. that you're running the show and you're like, And I love giving actors different directions. So I just loved it. Like, I love directing. It's so much fun. Yeah. So I do want to talk about the movie thing because you're talking about how Mm -hmm. there's like so many people that go in. And of course, the the bigger the movie, the more people. I mean, we know the end credits for Marvel and Star Wars. I mean, there's got to be 2,000, 3,000 people, you know, Mm -hmm. on this list or whatever. But when... um. 
Game of Thrones wrapped up their last season, they did like a full special on like going into making it and all these people. And you mm-hmm. see like that, the family connection that the like John, like Jon Snow, we all know Jon Snow, but we don't, he's friends with, you know, the AD guy or whatever. And they're like boys, they hang out all the time. They know each mm-hmm. other's kids and stuff. Um, how often is that connection with some of the bigger stars or anything versus people that have just uh, their helping hands, if you will? I mean, it is such it's that's the thing I love about the business is as soon as you walk on set, you're automatically a family. Right. Like, is this especially if you're on location and you're there for months, you become right. a family, you hang out together, you bond together, you're working 12, 12 to 14 hours a day together. And it's like you're creating this beautiful thing and everybody has their hand in it somehow. So but the bad thing about the movie business is as soon as you're done wrapping it, everybody disperses. Right. And it, mm-hmm. It's really not real. And that's where it can be tricky for someone like me. That's, you know, addicted to people or are looking for that family environment of being a part of that. You can get really depressed after mm-hmm. a job ends because you know, your friend that you just bonded with and hung out with on location for months and months and months, like Olivia Munn and I hung hung out on six and Nadine Velasquez, all of us hung out all the time. But right. then when we're done, you know, we all go different ways and you miss Kind of like high school. Yeah. And you miss it. And you're like, oh, that's our family. And then, but then you have to go, no, it's actually a job. They're not your family. You go and you're a worker among workers. You do the best you can. You make connections, but that's not your family. It's not real life. And sometimes it can get tricky to keep that in balance, especially right. if it's a, like years and years on a series. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. So um, I did have, Oh, a, go ahead. B. Yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. It's it's, I can, I can push my question back. Go ahead. No, Hey, y'all need to stop being so polite. <laughs> I mean, hey, Trav, you know how we are all set, yeah. <laughs> this guy. Um, Ms. Brienne, I just wanted to mm-hmm. ask you, were there is it's not really dealing with where we were. We're gonna snowball again. Uh, were there any actresses or actors that you looked up to? I mean, being into it and wanting to, you know, get better and stuff. Were there any as you were growing up? Growing or up, even like people, watching e- people. Yeah, or even people that you worked with on set that helped you. Anything. Well, I loved working with or watching Walt Goggins work. Walt Goggins work. He's amazing on six and the things he would do um, is just so fun to watch him growing up. I mean, I've always loved Glenn Close because mm-hmm. she's just like goes fluidly from character to character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't particularly try to emulate anybody or. Sure. Well, even, that, go even ahead. anybody who inspired you. I mean, maybe that's a better way to put it not necessarily emulate or take away from their game right. plan or how they approach a role, but was there anybody who inspired you to do what you do? Well, now who inspires me more? Cause I, like I said, I didn't want to be an actor growing up. So it wasn't mm. like I was looking for that. I never okay. like, but now it's like Reese Witherspoon, Elizabeth Banks, they have their own production company. They're mm. directing, they, you know, find writers, they're writing themselves. And then Jamie Lee Curtis, I really love. And she inspires me because she's an addict and she's mm. in recovery and she brings it to set and she's of service to other actors. And 
She's also directing, mm. writing, and producing. Yep. So it's yeah, women yeah. like that that mm-hmm. like make me be like, oh, it's possible to do it all and be a mother because they're all yeah. mothers at the same mm. time. Nice, nice. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Banks, <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> so the question that I was going to ask is like, which do you have more fun doing, acting or directing? Oh, God, that's a hard one. (laughs) That's a hard one because there's something about being an actor going in and just playing that particular part. I'm going there, put on my costume, my makeup, and I'm playing that role. And as soon as I'm done with that scene, I go on my trailer. I take off all my clothes. You know, I hang them up and I'm out. Like, it's peace out. See you till next time. As a director, you're there all day. You're the first person there. You're the last person to leave. Mm-hmm. You have your hands in every character. You're, you, you know the arc of the story. You get to play around and do all that. So I like both aspects. It's, it's more work, obviously, as a director. Um, so I, I don't know. I like both of them. But I love as a director, it doesn't matter what I look like. Like, yeah. When I was directing Psychophonia, our night visitor, I had a small scene, like I said. And when they were like, oh, your scene's coming up. You need to go get in the makeup. And I'm like, I don't want to go in the makeup. Like, I don't. I, I just want to be directing. And they're like, no, you have a scene. I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> like, So I there's a part of me that likes being a woman and not. it doesn't matter what I look like. And it's more about, you know, of what I say and like, here, let's do this. Yeah, I mean, you could. Adam Sandler shows up in sweatpants every day. I mean, why? why well, not I'm never you? gonna do that. I'm yeah. never gonna show up in sweatpants. But it's just nice just to be there, just for your what's in your mind, than like on the outside. Because on an actor, it's you know you're the product, you're the character, right? So. Yeah, and and see what I love about what you're doing is because. Like, say, if you don't feel like acting anymore, you can just, you know, transition fully into being behind the camera and sitting in the director's chair. So it's always uh, a good thing to have multiple, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To have your hands in multiple projects. So that way- Tool belt. Yeah. Have a hyphen. A lot of hyphen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So one question I wanted to kind of go back to prom night because last month for Black History Month, I had made a post on Facebook about Lee Thompson Young, who uh, his birthday was February 1st of uh, last month. And I know that, you know, you were on prom night with him. And, you know, unfortunately, he, uh, you know, he's no longer with us. Do you have any cool stories of working with him on set? Not really, because I mostly worked with Kellen and, you know, Jenna Kramer and Rachel Spector and my whole gang. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of experience with, you know, we stayed very separate. Okay. Okay. I figured I'd just ask. Sorry. It's it's fine. It's fine. That's what happens, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes you'll be in a movie with somebody and you never see them. Never met them. Like. I didn't get to meet Chris Cooper on Jarhead and I'm right. a huge mm. fan of it. And we had the same manager at the time. And I was so bummed. I never got to meet him because we didn't work together. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So rolling on into your book that came out, the secret life of a Hollywood sex and love addict. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've read the description for it on Amazon. It came out on February 12th. Yeah. And you know, Tell our viewers and listeners, like, what was the inspiration for you wanting to write this book? And if you can tell us about some of the characters in the book, please. 
Okay. Yeah. So I never wanted to write a book. <laughs> I was never planning on being a writer. I, like I said, I, I'm, I have a learning disability. So when my husband came up to me and he's like, you know, there's this writing class. And I was like, what are you talking about? Go away. Like I'm an actor. <laughs> Just give me the dialogue. I don't want to be responsible for the words, you know? But he kept mentioning it, and I think he said it like six times. And I'm like, fine, I'll take this writing class. He's like, it's not much money. You don't have to tell anybody. I just feel like you have a story. And I was like, oh, my God. And I wrote the first draft of the book in 45 days. And it just, like, again, it was like a higher power thing that just, uh, it was something bigger than me. And it really was a memoir at first. It was about me working in Hollywood for the last, whatever, 20 years, and also being a sex and love addict. I'm a recovering sex and love addict of 11 years. And I wrote this character based on myself. But then what happened when I was doing rewrites with the editor, it just became this other person. It was like scenes came out in dreams and, you know, other people's experiences and characters that I know, but obviously I have to change their name and you will never know who it is. Uh, you can try to figure it out. <laughs> so it just became this other story. So I made it a Roma Clef fiction, which is based on real life, but you can change names, locations, timelines, and things like that. So we follow Roxanne through her first year of sobriety in Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. And she comes up with the 10 rules she lives by. So it's a very self-help book. And there's characters like Cool Girl that, you know, is like her friend that's like, everything this enigma she wants to be and she's dating this guy named superstar and there's a whole scene there and then there's tattoo girl that you know is her married friend that has a kid that's also in recovery trying to be and all these different characters that I have in my life in Hollywood and so it says a lot of stories so it's my story but they're you will never know which story is mine. So that's the beautiful thing. I got to put, just open my soul and throw it all out there and no one will ever know what's real and what's fiction. That's crazy. I love the names too. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) There's like glam girl, cool girl, tattoo girl. And then the two characters that have real names are Dr. Kath and Alice, her sponsor and her therapist. And then, you know, the guys that come in and stuff like that. There's ATL, NYC. Everybody has a right. name. Yeah, the well, secret name. You yeah. Can't, you gotta yeah. Well, here's yep, the right. thing. I don't care what anybody says. There's no denying that as soon as you see somebody, you pick out a feature about them immediately. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's skin tone, eye color, if they got a mole, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter. As a human being, as soon as we meet somebody, we immediately pick out something about that person to remember yeah. them by in some way, shape, or form. And oh, I just totally. thought it was kind of cool. That's how you went with the character. That's Tattoo Girl. Tattoo Girl. Tattoo girl. And then <laughs> she starts dating all these randos on DM that's like t-shirt guy, rocker dude, dirt, dirty, <laughs> dirty, dirty guy. Like all these names. Dirty guy. Because I have this friend, which you'll never know who it is. Right, yeah. And she, every month, it was a different dude on DM and I couldn't remember their name. So I just nicknamed them all. So like that okay. is all true. And I feel like all, <laughs> all like friends in an inner circle have those uh, inside jokes. Yeah, like Trav, circle. like how you have the ear. The, the ear. ear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay. The ear. <laughs> but no, but, um, hey, you know, I think it is really cool that this was on Amazon's bestseller list. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, I was hoping yeah, you were going to bring it, right it up. Now. Yeah, yeah, it hit like, bestseller a, the first week, and now it's it's back on. It's crazy. Yeah. Because, like I said, I never wanted to write a book. I was going to go to my grave that I'm a sex and love addict, other than my community, but just being of service, this younger generation that's coming in right now. And a lot of people are suffering. A lot of people don't know to have, how to have intimacy, how to connect, how, you know, they're all swiping left, swiping right, trying to look for bigger, better, fancier, filtered, whatever. And I just see this younger generation that is really suffering. And it just made me be like, I have to be of service on a bigger level than just my community. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, Again, uh, applause to you. For Thank doing you. something like that, because you never know who is looking for something, exactly. and then they can just stumble across it and yep. be like, um, "She helped me through," and yeah. you don't even know who this person is. Mm-hmm. They don't know yeah. who you are, and but I know that um, you know on the pod, that's pretty much what you talk about. A lot of things that involve yeah. sex and love and woman struggles a lot and stuff like but i feel like there's a lot of stuff you know men can relate to too it doesn't necessarily mean it's all just for women you know what i mean no i have a i have a ton of men on you know we just had a guy talk about his eating disorder and his body dysmorphia we had a guy talking about his vanity and narcissism that this week we have you know a workaholic sex addict that you know cannot commit to a woman and always Mm -hmm. looking for bigger better we just had we've had you know coming out stories we've had um men trying to commit suicide and go into a sale asylum i mean i have had just as many men and women's stories and that's what i love about it because it's universal just because Mm -hmm. it's like a woman's problem i know so many men that have are addicted to a bad relationship keep going back to the same girl that treats them like they have low self-esteem. They look right, in the yep, mirror and yep. like look at their body and it's not perfect. Or they, right. they're they trying to like become this masculine man when that's not really who they are. Mm-hmm. All these things that men go through, that women go through in my show, I want to like blow open the doors to all the shame, all the secrets, all the things we keep hidden because we feel like we're alone. But honestly, you, the four of us probably all have the same thing inside where we're like, covering it up with different things oh, yeah. you know absolutely money yeah. issues yep like my husband layers. came on and he talked about his money issues that right. he always felt like he was like did it wasn't worth making a certain amount of money and it was because he didn't think he was worthy and he yeah. goes candidly into getting into da and he has a decade of recovery so my husband and i he produces it with me we're both you know, I have 11 years, he has 32 years in AA, 10 years in DA, and we just really want to be of service to other people. It's not about me or my guests. It's about the people that don't have a voice. It's our mm-hmm. listeners that we exactly. care about. Yeah. And I just want to piggyback real quick and say, um, this is the importance and kudos to you for, to some degree, using your platforms to help others. And, yeah. you know, it's always stress, whether it's sports, entertainment, anything. And, um, you know, thank you. I mean, you may not be helping, like you said, it may not be to me, but it could be, you don't know who's listening. So kudos. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this, this was also refreshing too, because typically we just come on here and talk about comic book stuff or characters or movies or, banks. or whatever or bank or <laughs> we spend a lot of time. I'm not even going to ask anything about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please. But yeah, it's, I think no matter whether you're in the sports or comics or anything mm-hmm. mental health is something everybody could come to the dinner table yep. and talk oh, about right. and um 
but it's also so hard to talk like those it is guys, so hard those guys about. coming on there talking about you know how they're narcissistic yeah. and all that yeah. stuff it's tough man they're making themselves like hey vulnerable, I, vulnerable. I'm a, oh yes. yeah and i'm open yeah. about being one and that's hard to do like not yes, everybody is, can admit to that well it's because i have been i've been a narcissist and i think it's my uh, what i try to do is the whole catch line is tell me your secret i'll tell you mine every episode i try to reveal something about myself so my guests don't feel so alone i mean we have one coming up where a guy is obsessed with a big boobs and he's right. picked his partners because he's obsessed with big boobs not right. about the women so he was using women's boobs to try to like get off pretty much and right. then we had another guy come on that r- remained anonymous and he was addicted to toy collecting for I comic know. books and he found I know himself- that addiction <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, he was, and he and he's really still in the disease of you know being addicted to toy collecting and finding the perfect spider-man that has the paint perfect that's right. in the box and Walking and talking through that is just like a girl going out and trying to like buy a bunch of purses to make yeah, herself exactly. yeah. feel better. So, I mean, I'm so grateful for the men, but I have, and we just last week had a man on talking about being, going to massage parlors and cheating right, yeah, on I his fiance. That. Yeah. I so <laughs> I, we're all the same. Listen, I've cheated and it's the right. same. Like we're all trying to find this emptiness. I feel like everybody has an ism. Everybody does something to make themselves feel better, whether it's eat a piece of cake, buy, eat a whole pizza, watch, play video games all day, go on Netflix nonstop, Mm -hmm. you know, flirt and intrigue to make yourself feel, be addicted to Instagram, getting likes. It's just like we all do something. Yeah, we all do something Mm -hmm. to feel better. And I just want to, let's just all talk about it so it's not like making it worse. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and that's really awesome that, like Dee was saying, you have this platform where you're allowing people to come up there and be anonymous and talk mm-hmm. about the issues that they have, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, collecting, uh, you know, body positivity for mm-hmm. me is uh, one of the things that I always push online because, you know, being bigger my whole life and then, uh, you know, losing over 200 pounds. I used to be 456 pounds and I lost 200 wow. pounds. So, mm-hmm. you know. And, but still, you probably had to go through something emotionally after the physical part was yeah. already changed. You yeah. still probably were feeling like you were 400 pounds is what happens. And you have to like get that out. Why? You know, all that stuff. Yeah. And it, it's very hard because there are times where it's like, I still have that mentality. Like me and D, we talk about this all the time where he's just like, bro, you have to stop thinking that you're still that big. But yep. it's hard when, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, you're that you're the same size and gotten bigger your entire life. And then to finally see yourself smaller, you know what I'm saying? And yep. also too, it doesn't help that um, on so in social media land, you really don't see a lot of body positivity for, for men. You know, you, no. see, a lot, you see a lot for women. And I remember Trav can attest to this where I had put a, a post on Facebook one day just asking, like, you know, why isn't there really body positivity for men? And, you know, I had some women coming up there attacking me. And it's just like, well, I'm not I'm not trying to attack y'all because I support I support y'all. I support body positivity for everybody. But there really isn't any for men. So that's when I started doing the shirts off gang where it's like it was to encourage men to take pictures with their shirts off because everybody is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I, you shirts know, off banks, baby. That's right. Shirts off banks. You know what I'm saying? So I applaud you for what you do and mm-hmm. the platform that you're giving many people to come on and 
just talk it out. Yeah. yeah. And thank you for coming on this show and just expressing your truth and, you know, what, you, what you've gone through, what you're still going through, things you're dealing with, things you've dealt with. Um, right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just really, like you said, as an actress, people see one thing, but inside we're all like broken and trying to, trying to feel like we're enough. And that's the beautiful thing about doing this work is that I help some A-list celebrity, but I'm also helping a social worker or a janitor right. or an right. elementary school teacher. And it's like, we are all the same. It doesn't matter what the outside looks like. Right. People yeah. are struggling, especially with society right now. And I just want to be of service as much as I can to other people. Hey, well, Thank cheers you. to that. Thank you. Thanks. I just want to say, have to blur like, that these, out, you know, but uh, that product. I want to say uh, <laughs> on these last couple of episodes of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, they've been kind of getting real. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love. It. It's like Trav was saying. It's like usually we talk about nerd stuff, but it's always awesome when we have somebody come on, and you know, it's not just like your typical interview. It's kind of like we're just having a conversation and just talking about like all walks of life. So. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. And thank you for coming on and joining us. Uh, I had a couple more questions and, you know, we're not going to hold you any longer, but yeah. I had saw when, you know, you were directing that mm -hmm. your husband, he worked on some of these projects with you. So how is it working with your husband and, you know, just having him by your side and working on these projects together? Um, I love it. We are great partners. Our company is called Give and Take Productions. We give and take and mm -hmm. He's just a wonderful person to collab with. You know, he pretty much lit my whole Psychophonia movie. Um, he didn't take credit for that, but I'm giving it to him. He is an amazing creative person. And like I said, if I wasn't married to him, I'd want to be his best friend. So it's just a blessing. We get, you know, to go do the podcast together. He's behind Secret Life. There's three more books coming out after nice. this one. Nice. We've got interest in the TV show. We're we're pitching another show around town of a true story. And it's just lovely to work with your partner and actually respect them. And, but he doesn't fulfill, he doesn't fill me either, which I have to say, like, he's a great man. We were together before I got sober in sex and love addicts anonymous. We've been together 16 years Congrats. and he, thank you. That's but nice. he doesn't make, he doesn't fill me. He does. I'm not addicted to him. It's not All a right. codependent. We're partners. We're two different people. He's not my soulmate. I don't have a soulmate. My soulmate is me. So it's beautiful not to be run by your love life or right. if, if he leaves me, I will be devastated, but I will be okay. I would right. be okay without him. And I couldn't say that 11 years ago. I was right. always looking for somebody to complete me. And that's very dangerous because right. nobody has the Absolutely. ability to complete us. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. And it sounds like, say that. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like, by the way, you've talked about him. He doesn't want to complete you. You know what I mean? No, like, he does not to want to. Yeah. He right. does not want to fix me or complete me or be everything to me. That's right. too hard for one person to be for mm -hmm. another person. Yeah. Oh, so. hey, you know, we've been talking about him. Give him a shout out so everybody knows who he is. <laughs> oh, his, his, Mark Gant, he is the best of the best. He's been on Ocean's Eleven and Cold Case and... um a bunch of other TV shows, you have to look them up, but he's a director. He directs a ton of crap and does promos for Freeform, and he's just directed nice. a movie uh, called Secret Life of a Surrogate and all right. that. So That's so funny, theater. though, because I was going to say the stuff you're talking about pitching – I was mm -hmm. I was gonna say Freeform would be perfect for for this yeah, stuff. For real, <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. A lot of their shows are based on those kind of mm -hmm. things. Maybe yeah. more teenagerish. 
but still yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah i could see i could see freeform or the cw even i like hulu or netflix cw needs help if y'all want to go help this them out. Banks CW just okay. everything. you guys can be, mar- be our agents good yeah. job you go you go you go get well, that happening when we right. see, when we see the show on freeform i'll be like i knew yeah we're gonna give you a shout out here on the podcast perfect perfect so did you guys have any other questions or did y'all want to go and wrap this thing i i feel Uh, fulfilled i got one easy question what was it like growing up in georgia it was great i mean i love i love being from atlanta georgia Mm -hmm. it's different than it was when i was growing up it's more metropolitan now um but do i want to live there again I don't think so. Uh, it's very humid, and I don't yep. like. Yep. <laughs> Got it. All right, Banks, take it away, man. Nice. Hey, well, Brianne, thank you again for coming on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We appreciate you joining us on our podcast. And before we let you go, let everybody in social media know where they can find you at. Yeah, please follow me at the Brianne Davis on Instagram. I'm on TikTok now, which is fun. It's nice. the dot Brianne Davis, or you can go to at secretlifenovel.com. You can get a signed copy of the book or go to Amazon. We're exclusively with Amazon now for Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. And, and the audiobook is coming out soon. So that's exciting. Can you nice. give us Thank the scoop you. on who's reading the book? I am. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. 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 Yeah, they like they like people love hearing the author read the book more mm-hmm. than like an actor. And since I am an actor, I was like, I'll just do it. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, that if is it awesome. does turn in if it turns into a TV show, I do not want to play Roxanne right. the lead. So well, yeah, but you at least have to make a cameo. Yeah, I mean, I would really want to play Alice, her sponsor, because that's where I am in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm more I don't want to go back and relive my addict years. Right. Yeah. That was too much for me. <laughs> we do hope that there is a TV show in the works. We yeah, hope that you know, somebody picks it up because yeah. said, it's a bestseller on Amazon. It's an interesting story. And if you're already helping people out that are reading this book, like imagine the spread and, you know, if everybody was to see the story on TV or in a movie. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. no, I, I, whatever God has planned, right? Whatever the universe has planned is what's going to happen. Right. So All right. That's God right. willing. Let the pieces fall where they may, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, man. I like it too. Hey guys, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. What a great show. Mm-hmm. Brianne was awesome. Uh, thanks. Yeah, hey, I agree with you. She was sweet. I'm happy that she came onto the podcast. Like I always say, I love it when I slide in somebody's DMs and they're always happy to come and join us on the podcast. And I really hope that everybody that listens to this episode, that they check out her book, they check out her podcast, because I just feel like that there are a lot of people that are going through things. And if they were to listen to one of her new episodes or one of her older episodes, there is something out there for people to relate to. What about you, Absolutely. No, I agree. Again, like we talked about, it, it may come off as it's for women, but it's for, you know, anybody, you know, woman, man. Uh, binary, whatever, whatever you are. I feel like these are all struggles we all have. And props to her for uh, bringing her truth out and yep. connecting with people and trying to help the best way. See through fit, man. You know, we're all human beings, man. We got to connect yep. through conversation. Yep, I 100% agree with you. I want to piggyback off of Trav and say piggyback that this is it. the, yeah, this is the importance of 
uh, having a platform of any capacity is using it to reach out to people and uh, let them know it's okay. You know, right. and whatever whatever that means to you, it's okay. Yeah, it got I real. Think. It got real this week. It did get real. It's, it, yep. it's, it's like I said, these last couple of guests that we've had up here, like we've just been talking about like real stuff. And that's what I love about our podcast is that while we are a nerd podcast and we usually cover stuff in nerd culture, I love how like we can bring in stuff that we've gone through in our personal lives. Yeah, or... we we sprinkle in a message. Right yeah, man. sprinkling in the real. It's, it, hey, it's just like when you're watching a sitcom and you get that real. There's a episode. bigger story behind it. There's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, it's all a metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> we've been tricking not... you this whole time. Hey, it's not not. <laughs> hey, it's not all about my. That's right. It's not all. <laughs> about I want everybody at home to know it's okay. Well, CD, <laughs> you know, I, I like how you bring up my nuts. What if Michael was to listen to one of her episodes and he's just like, you know what? Maybe I am the bad guy. It's okay to put people in a coma. Maybe this whole time, Michael is your inner darkest manifested. No, he was worse. Oh, Lord. Hey, Travis, about to do one of those movies where he was the killer the whole time. Yeah. You see Banks put on the trench coat. That's how it ends. Banks looks in the mirror, sees Michael. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you saying it's like uh, Norman like Bates, Spider-Man? When Harry oh yeah, was like in Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Norman was there. It was just Michael. No, but um, yeah, hey, yeah. Everybody, thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you again, like I said in the intro, to all of our new listeners. Thank you to everybody who watches us on YouTube and uh, has been subscribing to us up there. We appreciate the support. Um, we just finally reached over 160 subscribers. So we're oh, on the I road didn't to even 200. See that. We're on the yeah, road to nice. 200. So uh, again, thank you. It's been a blessing. And uh, with that being said, D, let them know where they can find you at in social media land. That's going to be rebellious, double underscore D23 at Instagram. My man Trav, what you got? Hey, I, I I can't live up to that, but I'm at the same place. Instagram at ZK Audio. And Mr. Banks, no, world's number one hero, where are they going to find you? You can find me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, at King Benji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. You can look me up on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the, mm, I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. I was about to say something completely different, and like that's why I kind of stumbled over my words. Yeah, you got it. You picked it up. Uh, yeah. Go. <laughs> and make sure that you follow all of the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also have a Patreon, and if you are feeling generous and would love to donate to us, it is at Leveling Up Banks. Thank you to our Patreon users that have been donating to us. We appreciate the support. We love you. Thank you. And uh, make sure that you check out our YouTube, where we release new videos almost every day, pretty much. Uh, New videos, weekly reviews, interviews, all of that good stuff. Just type in Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, and we'll pop right on up. And that's pretty much it. That's where you can find all of us at. Again, check out Brianne's uh, podcast, uh, The Secret Life Podcast. And uh, if you check her out and you leave a review, let her know that you came from our podcast. We'll see you next time. Like I always say, keep that pinky up. Mm -hmm. Peace.